The Old Testament reading for this Sunday is recorded in the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, beginning verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent pest from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord God Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. Here ends the Old Testament. The New Testament reading, the epistle, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, which also talks about proportional giving to God. The collection for God's people. Now about the collection for God's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give you letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 6, beginning verse 38. The words of Jesus. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Well, this could be interesting. At this point, we usually have all the congregation's kids come forward but that might be extremely messy this morning. So if, if some of your kids want to come, that's good. If they don't want to come, that's okay too. Okay, I barely made it here. Well, I've got cans of corn. How many? Only five? Ten. 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 These ten cans of corn are here to explain this funny word tithe that was used in the Old Testament. Tithe simply means one out of ten. Now this is a wonderful thing that God does. 
He actually provides you with all that you need. The number 10 for them, like 10 fingers, 10 toes, was a reminder that everything you need in this life, God gives to you. Now, if you were listening to the Old Testament, God wants to give you an opportunity to show thank you back to him. Did you notice what God wanted back as a thank you? Any of you, pay, any of you, you older folks or your high-processing people in upper grades that know math? What's God looking for? I, this may be too much for you guys. Tithe. How much is that? 10%. So, one out of 10, what does God actually want us to use to show him thanks? How many of these? No, not 10. <laughs> How many of these? One. Just one. And you get to have all the rest. That's God's way of working out how we may thank him in return. This is not going to hurt us if we're missing one out of ten because we still have nine out of ten. But that's the whole business of the tithe. And it's our way of showing our love and our thanksgiving back to God. How's that? That's how our offerings always work. Okay, you can go back again. I was told long ago that uh, because of the metric system, the whole notion of fractions would go bye-bye. But I guess it's still around with us. Hey, teachers, be sure and teach fractions. <laughs> Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our text is the Old Testament reading. What did I do with my book? There it is. Is the Old Testament reading from Malachi chapter 3. Dear fellow robbers in Christ. Say what? I didn't say sneak thieves. A thief and a robber are two different things. Malachi actually uses the term which he addresses to all of Israel and can still be addressed to us. We, by nature, from the heart, are robbers. Yes, all the things that we have, we think we have gained because we've worked so hard. We've earned it. It's ours. No one can take it from us. But actually, in terms of owning things, who owns what? According to Psalm 24, verse 1, the psalmist says, the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness and including all who dwell in it. That's us. And Paul would tell the church in Corinth, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That phrase, bought with a price, is actually pointing back to the gospel. It's a particular word in the ancient language. If you went to the marketplace and you saw something you liked very much, 
and the seller noticed that you liked it very much, you'd try to play games as though you didn't want to buy it. But every time you'd come back through and notice that article that you'd like, the seller would be calculating in his head. At a certain point, he would figure out that you would be willing to pay a very, very, very exorbitant price for that article because you want it so badly. The term bought with a price means an extremely high price. And indeed, that points to Jesus on the cross. He gives his life to redeem us so that we can be his. We are not our own. We have been bought with Christ who gave his life on the cross. So don't think in terms of what you have as something that you really own. You are at best managers or stewards. You're simply using it, following your Lord's direction. It is really not yours in terms of ownership. But back to this problem. Will a man rob God? That's probably a Jewish joke. It comes across as a bombastic statement in Hebrew. Can you imagine somebody trying to come up with a weapon and forcing God to hand it over? That's just plain stupid and ridiculous. Yet, says Malachi, you continue to be robbing me. In the ancient world, if you would actually come up to someone with any kind of weapon and say, your money or your life, that was robbery, and it was punishable by death. But not just merely that you would die. Notice it says, you are under a curse. When a robber or a murderer or an extortionist or an adulterer, or any of these major crimes came to happen in the ancient times, and you were convicted of any of those things, it wasn't just merely that you're going to die. In being stoned to death, there also came the curse, that at your death you would eternally be under the curse of God. Because we oftentimes think in our old sinful nature that it's our stuff, we'll do with it the way we want to, and we withhold from God, let alone withholding to others in need, we're in so deep a hell hole, we don't even realize it. Based on what's happening here, I think we're all in great grave trouble. You're under a curse, he says, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. They want to know, how? It's this simple thing of the tithe. How many of you have heard of Dave Ramsey? He's on the television, radio. He has whole seminars on Christian stewardship. He makes a rather simple statement, quote, if you can't live on 90% of what God gives you, you won't be able to live on 100% of what God gives you. How's that for a statement? We are not very good stewards. We are selfish. God at best sometimes gets the leftovers, and that's no praise to God. This first part of Malachi would make you think as though this is the most horrible text you could possibly give. 
What, is God now putting a gun to our heads and saying, give or else? Not at all. But he has to point out first the situation we're in so we begin to understand his grace toward us. And so, God becomes kind of a famous person. There's a television show that's been on for some 30 years called Let's Make a Deal. Right? I watch it when I eat my lunch. Let's make a deal. Listen to God's deal. This has nothing to do with our merit or worthiness. It has everything to do with his mercy and grace. Because listen to this astounding deal. God says, bring the entire tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, that is the temple. Test me out in this, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the only place in all of Holy Scripture where God wants you to put him to the test. Normally, you're just supposed to believe him and act accordingly. But he's saying, I know you really don't believe me too well, but I want to give you a test case. Try me out. See if this doesn't happen. Test me in this. And what's the test? If you have faith to believe that he'll take care of you, you will not end up poorer. Test me in this. See if I will not throw open the very floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, barakah, that is, it's a blessing, you don't deserve it, it's mercy, so much blessing upon you that you will have not enough room to store it. He further promises you won't lose it in other ways as as well. The reason the tithe scares some modern Christians is the very thing that we're afraid. If we consider one out of ten of all that God gives us and we lose that 10%, we think we're going to be poorer, that we won't make our budget balance. We think we won't have lots of different things Malachi says, no. Try it out. What I say next is not bragging because it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God's grace. When my wife and I first got married and lived in St. Louis and lived in an old beat-up house, we could barely make ends meet. But we decided when we first got married, every time, every week, Jesus would get the first the first fruits, the 10%. And I tell you, sometimes when I was eating chicken bologna and eating other stuff, I wasn't sure what it was because Linda could make anything go farther. It was tempting at times to say, but God, look how poor I am. I'm a poor seminary student. I haven't got anything. I got big debts. Don't you understand? I need the whole thing. But God moved us to always do this thing. Now, we are not rich by anybody's standards, but we've never been poor either. For all the necessities of life, like food, even corn, God always takes care of us. He gives daily bread graciously and lovingly, and we haven't been any less fortunate 
for doing that. But by the tithe, notice the Old Testament house, the temple, was maintained. As you're probably figuring out, my time here is growing rather short. The support and maintenance of this congregation and ministry has to keep on going, and it's because of you. The same for the school. Now, in Old Testament Jewish ways of thinking, this was very practical. To maintain a synagogue, you had to have a minyan. That's a technical Aramaic term for ten male fam head of households who had come together for prayer. Without ten, you couldn't have public prayer. But it also meant that when you had ten heads of households, and each of those ten gave their tithe in support of God's Word, and you notice how that works out. Ten times one-tenth equals an entire support. There are small congregations in this country that are many times sustained by no less than just ten families. And we city people might laugh at that, but those faithful supporters of their congregation is what keeps the place going, that makes it grow. If you have the concern about this congregation, or for that matter, this school, then consider God's deal where you will not go broke, where he will take care of you in his love, and by your faithful support, the congregation will not only have just enough to keep on going, but even to grow and to do things that were never possible before. All this hinges, of course, at the cross. You are not your own. You already have been bought with the highest price of all, the cost of Jesus. That's the thing that motivates us. The reason this church is here and this school is so that the gospel, the good news of Christ's atonement at the cross can continue to be proclaimed. And God gives us the opportunity and the joy that we may support it and be part of this work, part of this gospel. Not just today, but for many years to come. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.